Ebner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world, both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mayers, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, family life, and many others. Listen to the On the Hook with Abner Mayers, wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English are out on Tuesday, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesday. Make sure you, again, subscribe to On the Hook with Abner Mayers. All right, folks, let's just jump right on into it. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are defeated by the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-7, to dropping to 4-2 and on the season, with their two losses being absolute destructions by their two rivals in the AFC North. Um, and so, unfortunately, we have to talk about it. Um, and listen, just like we are with uh, during Victory Week, uh, we're going to focus on what we need to focus on during whatever, defeat week. Um, And to be honest, I think there's a part of this that, at least for Browns fans to have a realistic expectation about their team, there's a part of this that's actually probably pretty beneficial for that. Um, Because here's what we're looking at. We're looking at a Cleveland Browns team that isn't as good as the Pittsburgh Steelers and isn't as good as the Baltimore Ravens. And there's a variety of reasons for that that I'll talk a little bit about today. And then we'll talk more about as we uh, go through the week with Steven and Fred and Jake and just kind of what's going on and what we've seen and all of that kind of stuff. But first, let's just kind of hit some stats real quick. Uh, Brown's offense, Baker Mayfield, 10 of 18. <laughs> Actually, surprisingly, not a terrible uh, completion percentage not terrible, terrible, 119 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Case Keenum, 5 for 10, 46 yards, no interceptions, no touchdowns. Rushing the ball, Kareem Hunt, 13 for 40 with a long of 10. Uh, Hilliard got Hilliard got uh, 29 late uh, with that 19-yard run and a couple others. Uh, Mayfield with five yards uh, and Dearness Johnson with one. Obviously, the rushing attack, uh, missing Wyatt Teller, missing... Uh, Kareem Hunt, um, that's big. Looking at the receiving core, uh, Austin Hooper, five receptions, 52 yards. Landry, three for 40. Odell, two for 25. He was targeted four times. Hooper had the most targets with six. So uh, offensively, obviously, that was a whole lot of ugly, uh, a whole lot of ugly. So that's just all we got to call it. And then on the for the Steelers, um, James Conner, 20 attempts for 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Benny Snell, 6 attempts, 17 yards and a touchdown. Claypool ran the ball twice, 7 yards and a touchdown. Roethlisberger, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, but interestingly, not really that hugely dynamic. Um, 14 for 20, sorry, 14 for 22, 162 yards, 1 touchdown. Claypool had four receptions, 74 yards. Washington, four receptions, 68, and a touchdown. So even as you look at a 38-7 final, you're not really talking about um, <laughs> what would seem to be thought of as huge production from, you know, the Steelers' offense. You're really talking about, you know, some, you know, James Conner, 
20 attempts, 101 yards. That's obviously, you know, some quality there. Five yards a carry. That's a good quality. Three rushing touchdowns. A lot of variety there. Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick with the uh, pick six was huge for the Steelers. And then on defense, you know, we look at, you know, uh, six tackles for Hayward. Um, we have a half sack for two and a half sack for Bush before he went out with an injury. Two sacks for Pud Dupree. Um, no sacks for TJ Watt, but we know that that defense was making things very, very difficult for Baker Mayfield and the rushing attack. And that's really the, the part that when we look at the stats, you're not really seeing that the Browns defense got blown out in any way. But without a running game, without a offense, you know, last week, um, Baker really led the, the way in the first half and then held on with the rushing attack in the second half. They weren't able to really do a lot, and so the Browns' defense um, then looks worse than they are. Again, 38 points is a lot of points, but we're not talking about these huge explosive game from the Steelers uh, you just see that they were able to have short fields and uh, you know the pick six all of that kind of stuff um, but overall we're not talking about you know hugely hugely significant um, production uh, out of the Steelers they did hold the ball for 34 minutes compared to the Browns 25 minutes so 34 to actually about 26 uh, is where we are at uh, at the end of the game for time of possessions and so um, before we talk more about it, we got to talk about Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business, if you're running a business, didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in the hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month. Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. So want to talk about the Browns and want to talk about the teams they're playing, right? And that's really what's important. Um, the four-game winning streak, Washington, Cincinnati, you know, those are those are two teams, right? That's about the best that we can say about them is those are two teams in the NFL. Anything after that, you're not really talking about uh, quality, quality, you know, teams there. When we talk about Indianapolis, we don't know what we have. Um, their, their struggles against Cincinnati are interesting. Um, and then with Dallas, again, just a really interesting team, right? We don't know, you know, really what they are, what they will be, Dak Prescott going out, all of that kind of stuff. And so when you look at the Browns' four-game winning streak, you have two games against teams they should have beat, and then two games against teams that are somewhere, that are interesting. That Again, that's all, the only word I have for that is Dallas and Indianapolis are interesting teams. And then you have the two losses, against two very, very good teams in the division that have been around for a while. And I think what you're learning there is that in the NFL, 
there are tiers. Okay, Browns fans, we're used to um, covering and, and cheering for a Browns team that is in the lower tier that every once in a while makes it sniff that mid-tier and has never, in, in most people's, not most people's lifetimes, a lot of y'all's lifetime, hasn't sniffed that upper tier, right? And so that upper tier is a tier of teams that could compete for a Super Bowl, that is the teams like the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs, most years you're talking about uh, the New England Patriots. Obviously, um, you know, this year's a little different now that Tom Brady's out. You may be talking about the Buffalo Bills, but I'm not even sure there you're talking about the Buffalo Bills. Um, but you're talking about those elite teams in the AFC, right? So again, Pittsburgh, Baltimore in the Browns division, Kansas City, maybe Buffalo, and then for years it was New England. But those are really the upper tier of the AFC. And then when you go to the NFC, you're talking about Green Bay. You're talking about New Orleans. This year, you may be talking about Tampa Bay. And you're talking about Seattle. Now, some of you might be looking at uh, the standings and go, wait, you missed a few teams. That's what we're talking about in the second tier, Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams. Now, they might be right on that cusp. Arizona Cardinals, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, those are some teams uh, in the NFC that, that are right kind of in that that middle gray area. The Las Vegas Raiders, Tennessee Titans, until they prove, really prove who they are, um, not just a, a regular season team, are probably going to be in the upper of that second tier. Uh, the Colts, again, similar area. Uh, and so that's really what you're talking about with the Browns. You're they're definitely not in Tier 1. That is very, very simple to say. They are not in Tier 1. But their two losses come from Tier 1 teams. That means you should expect, I should expect, in general, given where they're at, that the Browns are going to struggle, probably mightily, against the Chiefs if they played, against the Packers if they played, against the Saints probably if they played against the Bucks again probably if they played against Seattle if they played that they are going to struggle against tier one teams but against tier one and tier three teams the Browns are doing what they're supposed to do I know it would be great if the Browns looked more competitive against Baltimore and Pittsburgh that would be absolutely wonderful but in the end it doesn't matter a loss is a loss the only thing it really matters for is our confidence, how we feel, how we're talking about the team, right? But a, a win is a win and a loss is a loss. And so normally in a, in a, in a close loss, I'm going to look at, I'm going to have some positives to talk about. I'm going to, I'm going to have some things that I can look at and point to and go, okay, it's, it's not as bad as we, we thought. But unfortunately for the Browns, this week just wasn't that. And, and really, it's it's really about the second quarter. Listen, the first quarter, field goal, defense stopped them, fine, whatever. They they had 58 yards on that first drive. Baker Mayfield's pick six, again, it is what it is. It's really in the second quarter that the game changed. Prior to that, Ben didn't look great. Um, the running game wasn't getting a ton. And the offense, so the offense was in position that they could have made it a game, right? Get a score, make it 10-3, 10-7, all of that kind of stuff. It's really there in the second quarter. Touchdown, touchdown, 
Browns get a touchdown to bring it to 24-7 before the half. And then Pittsburgh played a lot of prevent defense, especially in the fourth quarter, but they were still pretty aggressive. They really wanted the win. And there it is. That's the game. But I will say, within the first quarter and those subscribers who are in our subscriber chat, that first quarter, I wasn't that overly impressed by Pittsburgh. They wore the Browns down. They were far more physical. They were far more aggressive. And to be blunt... They were far more talented and with far more experience. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that here after I talk to you about Pepsi uh, because we need to talk about Pepsi. But because thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents or injuries or chances or opportunities or bad coaches, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1%. Of people will ever play professional football but instead of entering the nfl they've joined another league the league of football watchers this football season will be different and pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch listen i'm here watching trying to break down film and trying to find something positive for y'all um we just didn't have it this year all right this week i'm sorry we just didn't have it but we're still watching we're still dedicated we're still watching until those kneel downs at the end of the game uh, by pittsburgh quarterback mason rudolph that's just the way it is pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day hopefully you had a lot of it today folks because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for football watching and so what did we see when we watched the Browns and Steelers. Those of you who have followed me on Twitter or at the OBR even before that at some of my fan-sided sites would know that I really value continuity. I really value consistency. I think there's a lot to be said about it. And I'm going to use an example. I'm going to look at the Steelers wide receiver group. Now, much is talked about. Obviously, they've had Martavius Bryant and Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster and so on and so forth, right? But what doesn't get talked about enough is how they bring people into their system and what the expectations are. So, for example, I'm going to talk about James Washington. When James Washington came onto the Steelers in 2018, the Steelers had Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and him. He was their second-round pick, number pick number 60, okay? So second-round pick, we want to be pretty much an instant starter, instant impact player, right? That's how we talk about the NFL draft. And, and so what did the instant starter, um, instant impact guy do? 16 receptions, 217 yards, and one touchdown. 2019 with Antonio Brown gone, Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one James Washington's game steps up. So now he's the number two receiver, 44 receptions, 735 yards, and three touchdowns. And then now we're on year three. He had a touchdown today. Um, But can you see the difference between the Steelers' second-round pick and what expectations were of him and what they needed him to do in his first and second season compared to a lot of what has happened for the Browns? Right, The Browns' first and second and third and sometimes fourth round picks are needed and expected to be good right away. And that just doesn't happen often in the NFL. It is not normal for a lot of rookies to do well. Now, probably some of you are going, but what about Chase Claypool? Sure, absolutely. What about Chase Claypool? 
He comes on to an offense that has, well, James Washington, who again had a good year last year, has Juju Smith-Schuster, has Ben Roethlisberger, has Eric Ebron at tight end, has an offensive line that has been together for a while, and now gets to play really well, gets to dominate with his size, with his speed, all of that kind of stuff. The reality is, Chase Claypool, drafted to be the Steelers' number one receiver, wouldn't be producing as Chase Claypool is. It's what development is all about, and it's what having talent around you is all about. It's why the Steelers can have David DeCastro, perhaps their best offensive lineman, go out and just plug somebody in. Because when you have talents, it really opens up and allows other people to be successful. And so, James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, the Pittsburgh Steelers are able to be successful. Listen, their defense was great. Well, how did they pull that off? They've had Cameron Hayward there for a long time. And then Bud Dupree for a while, and TJ Watt for a while. And then you, you put other players, Stefan Tuitt in the middle there, you put other players around those great players, and all of a sudden, you have a very good defense. Bring in You can get aggressive and bring in a Minka Fitzpatrick. You can deal with the fact that Joe Hayden has lost this step, is going to make some penalties, and going to make some errors, going to do a lot of different things, but is still good enough, especially with all the talent around. Right, And so it's important to realize that not only are the Browns at a different tier, when it comes to talent and what they need their talent to do, the Browns are are just not there yet. Mike Tomlin has been there for a long time. Same thing with John Harbaugh in Baltimore. So they have been developing their system and developing their players so that they are not learning a new system and having to think and having to wonder and having to and having to make rookies be highly involved. Instead, last year, Devin Bush can just go straight forward and do what he does. Because T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree and Cameron Hayward and Stefan Tuitt, those guys are doing their job, and they know Minka Fitzpatrick is behind him, probably going to do his job. The Browns just aren't there yet on either side of the ball, not just because of talent. There's some of that, Wyatt Teller being out, Nick Chubb being out, those are huge things for the Browns. Not only that, but experience. Again, being in this system year after year, being in any system year after year, not only helps them not have to think, but it helps them to just move forward, just to do what they know how to do. It helps them develop players, so their sixth-round pick or their fifth-round pick doesn't have to play right away, can develop, and then when need to be inserted, all of a sudden they're third year, all of a sudden they're good. They're just able to jump in there. They know the system well. They've been able to think it out. They've been able to, 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 to know everything really well. And the Browns just are not there yet. Years in system, kind of like time of possession, is huge. That doesn't get talked about as often as it should, but it is huge for any team. And the Cleveland Browns are in game number six with no preseason, with a modified training camp, and a first-year head coach. If you thought the Browns were Super Bowl contenders, you're sadly mistaken. And if I can be very honest with you, if every single player was healthy, 
if Andrew Billings didn't opt out, if if Grant Delpit was healthy, if Wyatt Teller was healthy, Nick Chubb was healthy, everybody Baker was healthy, and we'll talk about him uh, probably later this week. If everybody was healthy, the Browns would still be most likely a tier two team. That isn't trying to be negative. That's understanding what happens when you are constantly rebuilding. Your second and third level depth is just not there. Your understanding of the systems that you're running is just not there. Mistakes are going to happen. And teams like the Steelers are going to take advantage of you. The other thing is, is Kevin Stefanski hasn't had to scheme up against the Steelers' defense that much. Okay, And again, I use the words that much. And so he doesn't have all the nooks and crannies that go with really understanding the defense that you're going against. He will. I'm expecting game two to go better than game one. Same thing against Baltimore. I'm expecting uh, game uh, two to go better than game one, even as Baltimore uh, is right now just up eight with about three minutes left in their game against uh, a not very good Philadelphia team. Um so we'll see how that one ends. I expect game two to be better, and then I expect year two to be better, and year three to be better, as long as they can get there, right? As long as the Browns can get there. Because there are different tiers in the NFL, guys and gals. There are different tiers. And there is a different level of talent on each roster. Very obvious that the Browns don't have second and third level depth. The Browns don't have... Uh, the same number of high-impact players on both sides of the ball. They're just not there yet. Uh, And one injury, Wyatt Teller, Nick Chubb, two injuries, can really make a difference to the offense. And then the defense is holding on by a thread in so many different ways. And so, and then you talk about experience. Time together in uh, in their systems, with their coaches, together with each other so they can understand each other. So Ben can look over to Juju and go, hey, 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 go, 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 boom, boom, boom. And they know what they're talking about. And it allows rookies like Chase Claypool to just have very specific roles. It allows um, their wide receiver group to develop over time together, not be not be expected to have to make a, a huge breakout um, in their rookie season, even though Claypool is. So there's just so much um, that is different about the Steelers and Browns as there is with the Ravens and Browns. So as you think about, you know, putting money down or going to bet online, uh, the, the wait is finally over. Football is back, even though today was pretty difficult. Uh, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online, bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day head to bet online today take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses don't forget to use the promo code bluewire at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your sports book experts. All of a sudden, pass interference on Baltimore, and the Eagles are down uh, near the red zone uh, at this point in time. And again, I would say this is a great example. The Eagles have been together for a while. They have a lot of injuries, but they've been together for a little while uh, now under Doug Peterson. So even with injuries, they're they're able to they're figuring this out against Baltimore. Um, 
Carson Wentz has seen it for a few years and you know it's all that kind of stuff it's just the difference that we're going to see in year two or three uh under uh Joe Woods and Kevin Stefanski and again you you hope the Browns are able to finally get some stability uh and we'll talk later uh this week about Baker and the offense and defense and obviously with Stephen Thomas Jake Burns Fred Greetham you know we'll get the OBR team in here to talk a little bit more about this game that was a big struggle I uh, hope you guys had an okay Sunday, despite the Browns losing 38-7 to to the Steelers. I once again want to encourage you, please, 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 take care of yourself, take care of others, and go Browns.